It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio Hour 2 here at Pinnacle Bank Arena, the calm before the night session here. Courtside, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel. Elijah's got his bags packed. He is off to Vegas tomorrow. We will see if uh, Chow bails him out or he bails Leslie Chow out over the weekend. It should be noted by uh, you saying I have my bags packed, you far, far overestimate my preparedness for this trip. <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're bringing a backpack with a phone charger, some deodorant, a toothbrush, and maybe a new T-shirt. I don't, I, you know, and, Rosie's and, and, tomorrow, and, four and, to six is where we're at. You are clearly getting product placement uh, and funding to, to go uh, to, to, to Vegas with some, some of your friends. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's uh, all, I, all I really think I, need, <laughs> I think I need for success is just a couple hundred dollars. If I have that with me, I'll be just fine. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, you're going you're gonna to reenact Joe Pesci in Casino. Hit me. Hit me. <laughs> uh, pretty good. Uh, we'll talk NFL Combine and projections for some Nebraska prospects. We'll hit some baseball. Uh, Evan with us? Do we have Evan locked in? All right. Evan Bland is with us from the Omaha World Herald at Evan Bland, O-W-H. On Twitter is where you find him. Evan, how's the day? Thanks for jumping on, man. Yeah, doing well. Now now I want to go to Vegas, though, so you got me all worked up for that. But, no, doing hanging, hanging out, doing fine. Good, good, good. I, I have never in my entire life. Uh, Elijah's going to go uh, clean up. Uh, are you Blackjack? Are you Hold'em? Are you Craps? Elijah, what is the game of choice? I don't understand Craps one bit. My plan is to start out with some poker, and as long as I don't get – cleaned out too quick then uh, we make it to blackjack and maybe some roulette as the weekend goes on and obviously got to make a stop by the sports book i'm going to the, the ufc fights this weekend john jones and cyril gone are going at it so i got to lay down just a little bit of action while i'm in vegas evan what is your uh, game of choice in vegas uh you know i like blackjack um you know every now and again i'll do uh, a major league baseball parlay i think those are pretty pretty good but you know i try to avoid the the vegas vacation type of places where you're guessing the number behind someone's back or, or doing rock paper scissors or that kind of thing i try to keep it a little more mainstream See, and, and i, I want to hit the poker table because well a i've been watching a whole bunch of world series of poker videos on youtube Do you have your sunglasses ready no i don't i, I just consider myself <laughs> like i've done some preparation there i've done my homework I'm all, I'm all set but also instead of playing against the house you are playing against the other people at the table which i feel like it gives you better odds because if you're playing against the house in Vegas, the Vegas will all, Vegas will always have the odds stacked against you. In poker, you're playing against the people at the table, so it just comes to, down to how good they are. 
you know? It's a judgment call. Is the uh, person next to Elijah smoking camel lights or lucky <laughs> strikes? Uh, but, um, you know, Elijah, that's uh, you're going to judge the competition at the table. You're going to mm-hmm. go James Bond. You're going to sit down and you're going to try and go to go to work uh, with Texas Hold'em. Evan Bland is with us. Let's talk baseball uh, for a moment. Evan, did you uh, did you run into the uh, everyday mall Santa out there in Vegas, Pete Rose? Did you get any tips from him on baseball? <laughs> no. I, should I have? Um, maybe I missed I out on he, an opportunity there. I think Pete strolls around Vegas, one of the, the malls where you can go get Hit King graphing a bat or a ball. And while you're at it, I just ask him what he thinks of the spring training rundown. <laughs> if we're going to bet the uh, the old baseball parlay, <laughs> let's start with Nebraska baseball. And uh, you, you caught up with Coach Bolt today, and uh, vibe right now. Really good weekend for Nebraska. Now they're trying to to take that on the road to Minneapolis as they uh, they set up with uh, a great opportunity. Right, two heavyweights from the SEC in Hawaii. Right. And, and, you know, kind of like you said, I mean, they set it up pretty well. You, you look back to the opening weekend, you go 0-3-1, and, and you're thinking, man, this is not what was sort of the vision of how this season would go. And then they go to South Alabama, pull off the sweep, and really the big difference was the bullpen. I mean, they give up 18 earned, I think it was, in 14 innings in San Diego, and then they toss 13 scoreless at South Alabama. And, and the offense kind of has done what it's done. It's showing a little bit more power and more depth this year, certainly, than what we saw last year. The starting pitching has been, I would say, good, not great both weekends. But the ability of the bullpen to bounce back and to really show the depth that it looked like it had in the preseason, I think is the most encouraging part of this thing. And, yeah, I mean, you look at this opportunity this weekend. You have two top teams, Vanderbilt Friday, Ole Miss Sunday, Hawaii sandwiched in there on Saturday. Um, it, it is. It, it's a major opportunity for Nebraska uh, as it tries to build that NCAA at-large resume where you know you want to be in a position where you don't have to win the Big Ten tournament at the end of the year or the, even the regular season to get in. You want to build the, the strength of that RPI now. And you look at Nebraska's schedule, they're not going to leave the state uh, the rest of this month. And their home schedule is, I would say, extremely manageable. But the, the downside is when you look at the rest of the way, there's not a lot of opportunities to get those big RPI-changing, RPI-defining uh, sort of games. And, and, and really outside of Maryland and, and a series at Iowa, this is sort of probably it in terms of top 25 competition Nebraska is going to see. So uh, major, major opportunities. Everyone knows Vanderbilt but that's been to the College World Series regularly, won the title in 19. Miss won the championship last year, um, and they're still rolling one of the best lineups in the sport right now. So big chance for Nebraska. We'll see how that momentum carries over, but it really is. It's more, it, it, I think you have to look at it more of a big picture as a fan and say that, um, you know, how they do this weekend will define how we talk about their postseason chances going forward. Evan, how do you define a successful weekend for the Huskers this weekend? Is, is it 
going to come down to wins and losses for you here because you got some stiff competition. I don't want to overlook Hawaii here, but I don't know as much about them as I know about Vandy and Ole Miss. And you mentioned Ole Miss, very dangerous lineup. I know they've already run-ruled a couple teams this year. Pitching's somewhat untested, but they got hitters one through nine in that lineup. As for Vandy, they have talent every single year, especially in their pitching rotation. They always have some strong arms. So I want to get your take on what a successful weekend looks like for the Huskers against those two teams in particular. Well, I mean, you'd love to win one of those two. Uh, both of those teams, I mean, they're top ten, but they do have, I would say, flaws uh, relative to what their standards are. Uh, you know, Vanderbilt, their pitching is elite, their defense is top-notch, but the offense has been kind of suspect, and it's it's a younger group that's sort of finding its way, really talented group, but that's a time, it's a kind of team that you probably would rather play now than two months from now, once mm. they've gone through the SEC grind and sort of figured things out. Ole Miss kind of the opposite, where they still return a ton of firepower from what they had in Omaha last year. Really, the, the pitching beyond their Friday guy is is new and untested and that sort of thing. And so you kind of like Nebraska uh, being in that Sunday spot with them when you see whatever might be left of their bullpen and and they have a guy uh, who's sort of had a couple of wobbly starts to his career you would think would be the projected starter against Nebraska on that day. So, um, you know, if you, if you go 0 for 2 and you're competitive, I, I suppose you, you, know, you move on and you start stacking wins and it's typically as done when it's gotten back to Haymarket Park. But again, you just can't understate, or I'm sorry, you can't overstate the value of getting one of those wins. So if it comes down a stretch and you're a bubble team, man, that's a victory that's going to keep giving if Ole Miss and Vanderbilt go on to do what they've done in past years. So, yeah, I mean, you can feel good about being competitive. Um, but, you know, you think back to, to TCU last year. Nebraska gets a three-game series against TCU, which was top 25 at the time. They never led. They were they were fairly competitive, I suppose you could say, um, but it didn't do them a whole heck of a lot of good down the stretch. So you'd feel really good if you can find a way to steal one of these two this weekend. Evan Bland with us from the Omaha World Herald, a preview for Nebraska's weekend roadie to Minneapolis, Ole Miss, Vandy, and Hawaii on the docket for Will Bolt and crew at Hale Varsity Radio. We're at PBA. For girls state basketball six o'clock tip coming up north star their first trip ever to state for girls basketball most of the student section is filing in right now millard north after a year off of heading to state back at it again so uh, we'll have coverage of that coming up evan gonna turn attention to the nfl combine you have uh, action tomorrow oshawn mathis gonna be busy uh, as he's been working with linebackers and edge guys and you know what what did you hear about Mathis as far as projections go um, when he was at TCU when he was all Big 12 when he was second team all Big 12 and and now you look at, at what he did at Nebraska respectable 50 tackles respectable 25 quarterback hurries five was great in that fourth quarter against Iowa What's his uh, his ceiling, in your opinion? Could he work his way into a, a second-day guy, or do you think he's uh, five through seven? Yeah, I think he's probably right on that line somewhere. And, and his is an interesting story because you do think about his situation last year when he could have turned pro. And, and I'm, I, I would be curious. I don't know that we'd ever really know the answer, but I'd be curious to see 
if his year at Nebraska boosted his draft stock, uh, if, it, if it dipped it a little bit, or for it, it maybe didn't make too much of a difference. And you know, having just seen him for the one year, and, and I know how how TCU used him in their defense. He, he strikes me as a guy who uh, is going to ace the the interview portion. You know, he's a really thoughtful, well-spoken young man. Um, physically, I think he'll he'll test well. In a lot of areas, um, to me, it's about the fit. I mean, he, in some ways, he, he was kind of a tweener. You got to find a, I think, a system that really allows him to get after the quarterback, um, but doesn't necessarily overexpose him in the run game. And I think that's what kept him off the field. At least didn't make him a you know a heavy full-time snaps guy at Nebraska. Was uh, you know just the the run stopping ability. So I think the ability to get after the the quarterback is up there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think if you're an NFL team looking at what he can bring you and, and he can be a second or a third down uh, sort of guy to start and maybe you can um, build up that strength and, and find a good spot for him in the in the defense, yeah, I think probably right on that line, maybe, you know, fifth, sixth rounder is probably good. And I do, I do think that how he does at this combine could make him some money if he performs well here over the next week too. Evan, as for Trey Palmer, how much things on the line for him at Combine Week? It seems that, uh, at least from the draft experts and Combine experts that I, I follow and, and really trust their, their opinion, he sounds like he's a third-round guy, maybe a top-end to the fourth-round guy. Everyone sees the athleticism. Everyone sees the speed. The questions with him are, how is he going to adapt to NFL press coverage against the type of secondary members you're going to face in the NFL, as well as... What type of value can he bring out wide? He, he seems to bring a lot of value in the slot, but he also seems to be a little bit limited in that sense that his, his route tree seems to be the best from the slot, and they're unsure how they're going to project him out to a, a Z or an X receiver. So I want to get your take on, on what Trey Palmer has to prove. Obviously, the 40 time is going to be important with him being a deep ball type threat, but uh, is he going to be able to answer those questions about his versatility at the combine, or is that just going to come down to a team needing to take a chance on him? Yeah, you know, I don't know how much he can actually improve his draft stock. I mean, the, the 40 times certainly will be something to watch. But, I mean, man, just go back and look at, you know, any Nebraska game from last year and you see how he can get by defenders, uh, create a ton of space, get open deep. And, I, I, you know, if I'm evaluating him, I'm putting more stock in that than I am how he runs straight line in sort of a track-style setting. So, you know, to me, kind of like you said, I mean, how does he adjust to more of a pro-style setting? I think if you're if you're wanting to be critical, you could say that he probably dropped more balls, um, maybe than you feel great about as a as a super high-end receiver. So that's probably an area that you can clean up a little bit too. Um, but just what he did at the at the senior showcases and his last year at Nebraska, I mean, to me that that pretty much lays it all out there. You've got a burner. Uh, a guy who's competitive, who 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 loves the game of football. I mean, I think that part was pretty evident too, and just the path that he's taken um, from LSU to Nebraska. I know he's a young father as well. I mean, this is a guy who's motivated to make this thing a career and and grind and do what you need to do. So, um, you know, I think as long as your forty time isn't a total disaster, and there's no reason to think that it will be for him, uh, I think his tape has has put him in a good enough position to where. Um, you know, I don't know that there's all that much that can hurt him this weekend. And he, he's probably fairly set, like you said, maybe in that third, fourth round range right now. Evan Bland with us here. Hail Varsity Radio. We're at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Evan, uh, about 90 seconds here. Uh, Travis Vokalek, the other invitee to 
the NFL Combine. Are you seeing any more smoke around Travis with a late-round opportunity, or is he likely an undrafted guy? Uh, what are you hearing? Well, I mean, it's the, it's the old saying, right? You just need one guy to give you a chance, and just the the connections I know from his family uh, in pro football is there. So being a coach's son, I know that that can carry some weight too. So, you know, I, I'm not sure. And, and, and what I would say too is that sometimes, and I, we've seen examples of this in recent years with Nebraska, where it's almost better to be an undrafted free agent than to go in like the seventh round because you do get a chance to, to negotiate with teams and to find a place that uh, will maybe best fit your skill set. I mean, we saw that with a guy like Jack Stoll, who ended up in Philadelphia and has been thriving. So, you know, whether he goes late somewhere and, and has that sort of uh, notoriety of being drafted or, or ends up being undrafted, I do think he's going to land somewhere. He's too smart. He's too strong. He's too, I think, versatile from what we certainly saw during his time at Nebraska to not end up on an NFL roster. It's just a matter of, you know, the path that he takes to get there. Evan Bland with us. Evan, have a good week. We'll check in with you again. Thanks for giving us a few minutes today. Thanks, guys. There he is, Evan Bland with us. Find him on Twitter at Evan Bland. OWH will dive a little bit further into the combine, as that is tomorrow with Oshan Mathis and more Huskers. Hail Varsity from PBA continues.